everybody. Uh, let's start with a word of prayer. <sighs> Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for today. I thank you for this opportunity that we as a body can come and just um, study and examine your word, uh, just to be reminded of um, your plans, your authority, and the sacrifice um, and your love for us. Uh, Lord, I pray for each person here today. I pray that um, that you just be with them um, wherever we might be, um, whether whether we're going through a season of um, plenty or a season of drought, Lord, I pray that you just um, be with us and remind us of your provision and your goodness in our lives. Um, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So today's passage is from Mark 15, verses 1 through 15. Um, all right. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, you have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you? But Jesus made no further answer so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast, he used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them saying, do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priest had delivered him up. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. All right. So for me, the way that I read this passage as a summary or an oversimplification, I see the first part as the Jewish leaders scheming, and then the second part as Pilate scheming, but overall is God's um, redemptive plan at work. And so in this passage, we are introduced to the Roman governor Pilate, and to fully understand the scene, we have to take a quick look at the history between Pilate and the Jews. So the Jews and Pilate do not like one another. Um, there have been a number of instances where Pilate upset the Jews. Um, for instance, uh, you know, the Jews felt that Pilate was displaying idols of Caesar inside the temple. And so Pilate made threats to massacre throngs of Jews that were against these idols. Um, and then the Jews called him on his bluff and said, massacre us. And uh, Pilate didn't move forward. Um, and so he did not like the fact that his authority was being challenged. And then in another instance, um, the Jerusalem water supply was inadequate. So Pilate decided to build a new aqueduct, but he took the money out of the temple treasury. And so a riot occurred. And this time Pilate sent soldiers in and a massacre actually did occur. 
And so from these encounters and, um, and others, um, Pilate believed that, you know, the Jews were stubborn and re rebellious people, and um, they just had animos animosity towards one another. And so, um, so why are we introduced to Pilate here? Uh, so that answer is found in John 18, 31 to 32. Um, and so this is where the Jewish high council replies to Pilate, you know, we have no right to, to execute anyone, they objected. Uh, this took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. And so in Latin, it's, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, eos gladiae, which means the power of the sword, um, that right was taken from Israel. And so the power of execution only belongs to Rome. So the only legal way for the Sanhedrin to kill Jesus is to get Romans to carry out the execution. Um, there were like mob violences like the stoning of Stephen, which is not the same as the legal right to kill somebody. And uh, more importantly, the Sanhedrin did not take things into their own hands regarding Jesus because they knew that the multitudes had a favorable opinion of Jesus. And if Pilate executed him, they could distance themselves from political fallout. And so um, the Jews have to bring Jesus before Pilate, um, but they bring him because they want him to be an executioner, not necessarily a judge. Um, they don't want a fair trial or a reach trial for Jesus. And the Jewish leaders had many reasons to expect a favorable result when they sent Jesus to Pilate, um, since Pilate had a reputation of being a cruel and, and ruthless man. And so surely they thought, you know, they, that Pilate would put Jesus to death. Um, but then in uh, John 18, 29 through 30, uh, it reads, so Pilate came out to them and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. So the Jewish leaders already have this tone of just trust us. We shouldn't have to prove his guilt to you. We already know he is guilty. Just get to the part where you execute him. That's, that's your job, Pilate. Um, and then so going back to the text in Mark 15, verse 2 through 5, um, Jesus' silence is very striking. Uh, he, he does not try to defend himself. And this is very perplexing to Pilate because he has seen so many other men plead for their lives. Um, yet there is something very different about Jesus. Um, and his silence fulfills Isaiah 53, 7, which reads, you know, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. But you'll notice that the only question that Jesus answers is, are you the king of the Jews? Which it's the only thing that matters is who he is, Right. And, and the title King of the Jews is critical because the Jewish rulers knew that if they brought Jesus before Pilate on the charge of, oh, hey, Jesus keeps claiming to be God, Pilate would not care. He would say, you know, we have hundreds of gods here in Rome. You know, what, what harm is it if this guy claims to be one more God? So the Jewish council has to scheme and, and think, you know, what is it that's going to trigger Pilate to actually care about this Jesus character? Right. And then so that's why they have to call him king of the Jews. 
um, because Pilate would have to take Jesus seriously at that point as a political threat because there could be no king except Caesar and Pilate worked for Caesar. So he's got to represent his boss. And so in John 19, 12, um, it reads, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. So Pilate knows that he has failed so many times dealing with the Jews already and that his career would be in jeopardy if, if they ended, report, ended up reporting him to Caesar. And so that's the first half, which again, I, I see a lot of the scheming behind you know, the Sanhedrin um, Jewish council. In the next scene, um, this is where we see a lot more of Pilate's scheming. So again, Pilate, he does not want to give the Jewish leaders what they want. He doesn't like them. Um, and he doesn't want his career on the line either, though. And so he also knows that Jesus is in, an innocent man. So um, in the Gospel of John, chapter 19, uh, Pilate explains, I find no fault in him. And he says it again uh, uh, in Luke 23, 14. I have examined him in, in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. So at this point, Pilate has a choice to make. He can either do the right thing and free an innocent man, or he can execute an innocent man to protect his career. Um, but again, Pilate is scheming. And so he's thought of a way to try and free Jesus without making the decision his alone. So he, of course, has that tradition of releasing a prisoner out of goodwill. And he thinks, surely the people will want to release Jesus. He's an innocent man rather than releasing a murdering, you know, terrorist. So Pilate asks a leading question in verse 9. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? Rather than asking an open-ended question like, who do you want me to release? Um, and his plans are foiled. He doesn't realize that the Jews that hailed Jesus as king during his triumphant entry are not the same Jews that are standing before him this morning. Um, so the Jews of Jerusalem are there this morning. But those that are Galilean sympathizing Jews, they're, they're sleeping out in the country. Um, that's where they have to find lodging during the Passover festival. And so the Sanhedrin, though, they are aware of this, which is why they wanted Pilate to see Jesus so early in the morning before the Jesus sympathizers were in the crowd. And so later on in, in this passage towards the end, you know, um, we see that the crowd um, asked for Barabbas to be set free, right? And so I think we talk about this in, as a cornerstone. Um, so Barabbas means um, son of the father. And so in place of the, the divine son of the divine father, the people embrace the wrong son of the father. And, you know, towards the end, um, there's a, another question that's asked. And the question is, you know, what shall I do with this man whom you call the king of the Jews? And, you know, this is a critical question that we, every human will have to, to answer um, before our, our father and our, our judge Right. And so, again, in all this, I see how man schemes, but how God is still in control and how he's preparing for this moment through all of history. While there is human responsibility, it is God who is accomplishing the death of Christ through his will and his saving purpose. Amen. All right. 
Let's go to praise. Prayer. 